The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Marketing at Lightspeed with your host, Ethan Raziel. Many companies don't even know where to start when it comes to marketing and PR. That's why we're here right now. Get ready to learn the secrets that experts have known for years. We'll cover everything from social media to your website. Can you hear the sales growing? Now, here's Ethan Raziel. Good evening. I'm Ethan Raziel, and welcome to Marketing at Lightspeed. And we're live all over the world, right here on Voice America. At least we're live if you're listening to it live. If you're listening to it tomorrow, then, then we're not. And if you don't know me yet, I head up Lightspeed PR. And before that, I spent time as a reporter with Gannett. And I spent time with Samsung Electronics as a communications director and many years with Edelman Public Relations. So between those companies, you got some, some heavy hitters. And I learned a lot there. It was my experience working at those organizations that triggered my desire to create this company, to create Lightspeed back in 2013. And my goal there was to break through the bureaucracy. I wanted to be able to do things quickly and efficiently. And I wanted to be able to deliver results without a lot of pain. And my guests and I are here to teach you how to do the same, to teach you how to market for yourself, how to market for your company, how to have fun. And it should be fun. If it's not fun, then you should reconsider the choices you've made. Hopefully, it'll, it'll be fun, and we want to always communicate that to you. So we are here on the second episode of Marketing at Lightspeed. It's actually week three, and the reason for that, if you're confused, is that I was out sick last week, so I skipped one, but I'm feeling much better, so thank you. I think it'll be smooth sailing from here on in. But it does mean that we have to make up some some ground because I have a, an outline for everything I want to cover. So I want to jump right in here this week. Before I do that, one housekeeping item, and that's how to reach me. The phone number here, if you're listening live and you'd like to dial in, I would love to take your calls. That number is 866-472-5790. I'd also love to get an email from you. You can email me anytime, and my email address is ethan at lightspeedpr.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ethan Raziel, and that's Ethan, R-A-S-I-E-L. And uh, I invite you to check out my website at www.lightspeedpr.com. Now, we do have some amazing guests, and I'll be interviewing, uh, introducing them and interviewing them in just a few minutes. But I wanted to tell you a little bit of uh, some thoughts that I had going into it first. So I was on the subway actually coming over to the office today. And if you live in New York, you probably have heard or have seen the religious preachers. You know what I'm talking about? The guys who, who tell you they rant and they, they yell and they scream about uh, all the things that are wrong with the world. And the incredible thing about those guys, sometimes they're women, they seem to usually be men, is that they go on indefinitely. They don't stop. I, uh, I, I, 
I just listen to them and it seems like they have an unlimited supply of material. And I really just once would like to hear one of those guys after a while just say, so that's all the time we have. So in closing, I just want to say, my name is Brian. You are all going to hell and tip the kids that are selling candy and then just sit down and be done. But it doesn't happen, right? They keep on going forever. And that's a lesson I learned about marketing is that a good marketing program shouldn't go on forever. No matter how good it is, it has to come to an end. So the first piece of wisdom I want to leave you with that I've learned over 20 years is that no matter how great an idea is, you have to pull the plug and you should pull the plug going into it. Know in advance when you're going to do that. There's going to be flexibility. You might extend something or you might end it sooner. But, but just remember that you always want to not only, I'm not even going to say that you want to leave them wanting more because not really. We don't want to leave them wanting more. We want to leave them wanting exactly what they got. But you want to have a natural end point. Another thing I wanted to share with you, and this is just something interesting I read. You all have mobile phones, but did you know that there was a mobile phone in the 1910s? So actually between about 1905 and 1922, mobile phones were very popular. And you may be wondering, Ethan, what, what on earth are you talking about? Well, I will explain. It's because of words. Words, the meaning of words can change. And we have a thing called a radio, and we have a thing called a phone. And you all know intuitively the difference between a radio and a phone, and that is that a radio is one way and a phone is two way, right? That seems obvious. But it, it wasn't always obvious. Somebody decided to make that obvious. Before 1922, those words were interchangeable. So you would see commercials and newspaper advertisements for a mobile phone. They were talking about radios. It was actually in 1922, the US Commerce Department held a meeting to standardize the technical language and the meaning of the word radio, as well as other words like interference and antenna. No one knew what these things meant. It was completely confusing. And if that sounds familiar, it's because it's, it's the same way today. We have jargon and we have lingo. We have things like big data or cloud computing or augmented reality or agile software development. You may have heard of those things, but you don't know what they mean. You have to define the words that you're using. You have to understand what you're talking about when you create a marketing program. And whatever type of marketing you do, it could be advertising, it could be PR, it could be inbound, it could be events, it could be social. You, you, it's up to you to define the words, to know what you're trying to say and to define those words. I'll give you another example of that. If you know gaming, you know that there are gaming consoles, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo. And there's a thing called a next-gen console. This is gaming jargon for the next generation, the newest models. Now, with phones, you have 3G, 4G, right? 2G, 3G, 4G, and then there's a new generation, and that's pretty clear. The numbers go up. Well, with gaming consoles, they're always just called next-gen, whatever the new thing is called next-gen. And every five years, we have a next-gen Xbox or a next-gen PlayStation. And at some point, the word next-gen stops meaning anything because we're always calling it that. So you have to define, which generation am I talking about? So I want you to think about that. Think about the fact that words can mean whatever they may mean one thing to me and one thing to you. And what's obvious to you is not obvious to somebody else. And it makes a big difference in the marketing that you do. OK, third thing I wanted to tell you, use what you have at your disposal. Now, this is a big part of the marketing at Lightspeed philosophy. You don't have to create new assets. So I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about. 
well, here's a best case scenario. For a number of years, when I was at Edelman, one of my clients was Fujifilm, and you may have seen the Fuji blimp, right? So every year we would actually put reporters in that blimp and demonstrate the cameras to them from the air. We did that at CES in Las Vegas. Okay, most people don't have a blimp at their disposal. You're not going to have a blimp. You're going to have to come up with something else. So last year, I was launching a product for one of my clients. The name of the company is VSN Mobile, and the product was called the V.360, and it was a 360-degree camera. We needed a way to launch that camera and create some awareness, and we had to do it in a short time, and I was just about to get married. I got married in May of last year, and right up, right in that time, we were trying to figure out how are we going to create some, some buzz for this camera. And I was a little, well, I'll be honest, I was a little anxious. Getting married and launching this new product, and I wanted to make sure everybody saw it because this is an awesome product, and it remains so. So I decided to take one-on-one, and I'm going to use a little bit of HubSpot lingo. I took one-on-one and made them three. I brought the camera on my honeymoon, uh, and I, I recorded uh, my wedding, and I recorded my honeymoon with the camera to create a 360-degree document of the wedding. It wasn't obtrusive, my wife didn't get upset, I just put it in the corner, but I had this amazing panoramic video of my wedding. And then I was able to use that and put it out through social and different channels and put it on our website with permission of everybody to show what this camera could do. So I took the thing that was making me anxious and I used that as a tool to promote the camera. And that's the, that's the message I want to leave to you. Just Take a step back and think about what assets you have at your disposal. And I, you know, I know I don't want to talk about a wedding and a honeymoon as an asset, but what's part of your life? What can you use? Your personal life and your professional life sometimes can overlap in ways that can create really exciting benefits. So again, this is Ethan Raziel. You're listening to Marketing at Lightspeed. I'm going to be back after the break, and we'll get started with the first of our two guests. to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdeliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best. 
Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Tune into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at lightspeedpr.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. You're here listening to, hopefully intentionally, Marketing at Lightspeed on the Voice America Network. We are live, and I'm thrilled to have you with us. Also thrilled to have the first guest, Mr. Aaron Goldman. Aaron is the CMO of 4C, which is a data science and media technology company. Aaron uh, previously was with uh, Kemchu. He was the CMO of Kenshu. Uh, Kenshu, of course, is uh, another well-known company, uh, enterprise marketing software company. And before that, Aaron, uh, Aaron founded Connectual, a digital marketing consulting and matchmaking firm. And before that, he was VP of Marketing and Strategic Partnerships at Resolution Media. And he has some other cool things he's done, too. Aaron has been around. And Aaron is, uh, is a dynamic and innovative guy. And I'm really excited to have him. So Aaron, thanks for joining us here on Marketing at Lightspeed. I hear you described often as visionary Aaron Goldman. How did you go from being just Aaron Goldman to visionary Aaron Goldman, I would like to be a visionary. I think we all would. How do you, how do, you do that? Well, I think you uh, have a good uh, PR firm that attaches that adjective uh, before your name when, uh, when you get hired out at the company. There um, you go. <laughs> um, look, I, I mean, I, um, I wouldn't call myself a visionary. I think um, what, I, what I've been successful at in my career is um, seeing other people's vision and, and helping tell their stories as, as a marketer. And I guess probably my biggest talent is just being able to spot the people that have the right vision. Um, so whether that's, uh, you know, going back to actually right out of school, uh, a guy named Matt Spiegel uh, hired me at a company called L90, which was one of the early online ad networks. And uh, this was, you know, um, back in the days of uh, pop-up ads and email ads and banner ads and kind of the wild, wild west and um, where, uh, what what Matt and, and the others that, that ran the company sought to do was just help make sense of a lot of that chaos and find different ways to uh, bring new formats to what were the early days of online advertising that weren't going to just completely annoy people. Um, and so over the years, we, we did that and, and actually sort of stumbled our way into search engine marketing. And uh, that's when, uh, getting back to Matt, uh, along with uh, a couple other um, folks, uh, Lance Newhouser being one of them, started Resolution Media, which was a search engine marketing agency, and the idea being with search was really one of these um, early formats for, for web advertising that was not intrusive, and dare I say, was almost helpful uh, to, the, to the consumer. You're looking for something, you're looking to buy a product or find a place to eat, and you go to Google and type it in, and lo and behold, there are some helpful links to help you find that. Some of them are- That sounds like a great idea. Not, I wish that still existed. I wish I'd have thought of that. <laughs> but uh, I didn't. Instead, I uh, just found an agency to uh, help brands uh, do that better. <laughs> um, 
so, so yeah, so from there, uh, we um, grew that agency, sold it to Omnicom, and then that's when I uh, went off on my own for a couple of years, uh, wrote a book about uh, Google, um, so taking kind of a lot of those key salient points about how Google was able to change the model of uh, all of advertising, not just Internet advertising, to more of uh, advertising as a utility, advertising as something that can actually help people and, and deliver value and not try and interrupt what they were doing. And so uh, the book uh, that I wrote now, it's been six years since, since I wrote it, so it's um, in, in some ways very out of date. Uh, Google, the industry, everything's changed a lot since then, but in a lot of ways the, the same principles uh, still apply and, and are quite timeless. Uh, you know, it's things about making yourself relevant and uh, in, ensuring that uh, your you know your brand is a good story, and that's how you get you know ranked in Google, and that's how you uh, ultimately grow grow your business and and gain customers and keep customers. So then, Aaron, there, what's the name of your book? Oh, yeah, thanks. I'll get a plug in. Uh, everything I know about marketing, I learned from Google. And uh, are you planning on doing a revision version two, volume two of that, or, is, or do you think it's still you know, valid as? I, yeah, I. Um, Things are quite busy with my day job right now, so I don't know where I would find the time to do it. I, I'd love to. Obviously, so much has happened since then. Um, I actually think if I were to write another book um, along the same lines, it'd probably be everything I know about marketing I learned from Facebook because I think certainly over the last six years, for me, I think for the industry at large, uh, that that's you know the next company that's come on and really disrupted and, and changed the paradigm of, of what advertising and marketing can and, and should be. So. That would probably be my next book, and then, you know, let's come back on this show in six years, and um, maybe it'll be something about Snapchat, because something tells me that's going to be the next big one. Yeah, or so I guess you're skipping right over Twitter. I'm, I'm thinking about your, your, your photo on Twitter where you're, you're holding your nose and you have a T-shirt that says, who tweeted? Yes. Uh, so, I, you know, um, I think for, for, for Twitter and where that fits both in my own, you know, personal as, as a uh, personal tweet, tweeter, Twitterer, whatever we're called these days, um, it, it feels a very nice uh, sort of moment marketing void uh, that, that not a lot of the other, cha- you know, Google is now sort of an, you know, it's an uh, always on type of marketing channel. Facebook's kind of become an always on marketing channel. And Twitter is that one that you can really kind of ratchet up, ratchet down. It follows live moments. It, 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 it spikes, it peaks. And if you can capture it at the right time, it can be uh, really quite effective. Um, but I think uh, as, a, as a company and, and as a, a part of every marketer's sort of playbook, uh, there's, it continues to, everybody kind of approaches it differently. There's no sort of best practice yet until that happens. I can't write the book about it. <laughs> right. And you know what's another part of every marketer's playbook is the tagline. And I think when you were at Kenshu, you came up with, the, you know, I Kenshu, can you? Can you tell us a little bit about wh- where did that come from? Well, I think the trick um, for me with, with Kenshu and now where I am with, with 4C, you know, it, it's B2B marketing, right? So uh, both uh, for, for, for Kenshu and 4C, we're marketing to marketers, and that can be a daunting task, right? Talk about a very uh, uh, shrewd eye uh, for, from your audience. Uh, you know, there's, there's no pulling the wool over another marketer's eyes. They can, you know, smell, smell the BS when they see it. They can, you know, see the jargon and, and get, you know, just as phased out just as quickly as, as any old consumer. So in B2B marketing, the trick is really to create some kind of emotional resonance and, and just break out of the kind of rote cycle 
that so many B2B uh, marketing playbooks w- would preach, you know, things like, uh, you know, demand generation, and it's just about uh, filling the, you know, the funnel and nurturing and email marketing and, and you know, sprinkling in some PR. You know, you mentioned the HubSpot 1 plus 1 is 3. Um, I, you know, I, uh, I think with, maybe I detected some sarcasm in there, but uh, certainly, you know, the book Disrupted <laughs> that came out about it kind of exploits that whole, B2B model or kind of, I shouldn't say exploits, but kind of pokes fun at it. And I think that the, the trick in B2B is, again, it's, it's trying to connect at a personal level and emotional level. You want to take away the um, sort of checklist, RFP process of, of decision-making, where they just sort of go down the requirements. Uh, in my case, both of these companies are, are tech and software-based. So they're evaluating your software trying to decide if it's, it's right for their company and, and, you know, check it. Can it do this? Can it do this? Okay, what's the price? Let me make a decision. And if we can bring some emotion to that decision and, and have that decision come not just through a rational checklist, but through what's a brand that I believe in, what's a vision I want to attach myself to, who's a, who's a company that, that I believe in, that's how you win in B2B marketing. People buy from people. And so if you can inject some personality into it, that's how you can win. And so, you, you know, you picked up on that example of, of you know, the tagline using Kenshu, the name, as uh, kind of uh, a verb and inserting it into conversational speech. That was our way of, of trying to, you know, just break out of that mold of stale uh, B2B uh, impersonal marketing and make it a little more approachable, a little more conversational, and, uh, and ultimately, uh, ho- hopefully, trying to just uh, make, make the brand feel like, something you want to be a part of, uh, like a community, and, and that's how uh, we, we find success in B2B marketing. Well, yeah, I think speaking of adding personality, I think that's something that you've accomplished at 4C, a company that is named after a seat on an airplane, and I'm not kidding, it is. Uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about what 4C does and how, as marketers, uh, you can help them? Sure. Yeah, so, so um, you know, with, with 4C, the... The idea um, is is about trying to bridge the gap that's that's out there right now between all the different media channels. Never before have we had uh, this many choices and ways, both as consumers to get content and as marketers to deliver content. And so, what we're trying to do is is bridge that in a seamless way, so that these conversations can happen seamlessly across screens, across channels, and you can build that relationship with your customer. So we're starting with two of the most synchronous media channels, and that's television and social media. The two really play off each other uh, very well. You know, if you're like me, you're sitting and watching TV, you're probably also on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram at the same time, whether it's uh, talking about, you know, what you're watching, if it's a live sports event or a big, you know, uh, something happened in uh, the news or politics, or if you're just tuned out completely from the television and it's just background noise and you're actively uh, doing something on, on one of those platforms. We see those opportunities as one big conversation with, that can happen between brands and customers. So we've built a number of products that can help brands uh, both understand what's happening through some analytics of when people are exposed or, or view uh, certain programs or commercials on TV, what actions do they take on social media, and then also using social media data to make decisions about which investments are working best uh, on television. And so these are the types of uh, things we're trying to bring to market. And, and ultimately, yes, it, it does go back to um, trying to make 4C a brand that, for, uh, that people can relate to. So, yeah, you mentioned the, the airline seat. The company was started when two of our 
founders met because well, one got upgraded to the, the C4C in, in business class. And so uh, it also helps. And, and there's a, another great marketing tip for the folks out there. If you think about the old yellow page strategy where you would name your you know, company AAA Pizza to, to get to the uh, uh, front of the yellow pages, uh, certainly with online directories, uh, it helps to have a, a number as your uh, as the beginning of your corporate name because you end up uh, at the top of every list when it's uh, alphanumeric. So there's a freebie for everybody. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to add three to the beginning of my company just so I can I can hop out in front. Aaron, you, you've done a lot of cool things with with 4C. You've done some events. I, I remember there was a there was a game show at, at, at some of the things that you've done. Uh, how do you balance putting together quality content with the fact that you have limited time and limited budget. Yeah, it's it's a good question, and and it's not easy. Uh, I'd say the first step is just creating a framework where um, people can move quickly, and a lot of that just comes from the top down in terms of giving people uh, leeway and and, and some leash to execute and letting them know that it's it's okay to fail. Now, fail within boundaries, and you set what those boundaries are, uh, but a lot of moving fast is just being able to um, execute and, and focus. And so if you can take away a number of the layers of whether it's uh, parts of an approval process that, that might have to happen or if it's just on the flip side, just making sure that everyone at all levels of the organization are clear on what the company goals and priorities are. If they know that, then they, they can make snap decisions and not worry about it and know that it's, it's aligned with what the, uh, the corporate goal is and, and the key metrics. And uh, thankfully, in you know, a lot of the stuff that we do, uh, if it's digital or if it's in person at, at an event, um, these are, you know, these are opportunities where even if you, even if it doesn't come off perfectly polished, you, you become, it comes off as authentic and people, uh, understand that and reward that and, and allow for that. So they'd much rather see something be timely and on point and, and that you're trying hard than it, it was like perfectly flawlessly executed. At least that's been uh, my recent experience. Right, and if you're going to fail, you may as well fail as soon as possible so you can move on to something else. Exactly uh, right. Aaron, thank you. That, that, was, that was very interesting, and, and I, uh, I actually learned some stuff I didn't know, even though I've known you for a while. So, so thanks. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to my next guest, and then I'm going to bring you both back, and I think I want to talk about HubSpot a little more in that fourth segment. So see you on the other side. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Have you found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdeliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. 
Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. How is your marketing going? Really? Mm-hmm. Not so good? What could you be doing wrong? You spent a lot of time and money on your marketing, tried to follow what other successful people are doing, and yet your business marketing plan is still coming up short. Try something new. Tune into Extreme Exposure, the power of personality marketing, with host Jackie McClinigan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It just might work for you. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at LightspeedPR.com. Now back to the show. And we're back. It's Ethan Raziel here with you. Thank you for joining us on Marketing at Lightspeed on the Voice America Network. I want to thank my last guest, Aaron Goldman, and now uh, my next guest is Shira Bell, and Shira is the CEO of Hunter and Bard, their inbound marketing and branding agency. And she actually has two jobs, and Shira, in addition to that, is the acting CMO for Ciara, which accelerates the delivery of flawless customer experiences, or as I like to say, they help companies fix their broken call centers. Ciara is a Lightspeed client, uh, as is 4C, by the way, and they're both uh, doing, doing pretty cool things. Uh, Shira, uh, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Can you tell our listeners a, a little bit more about your background? And I'd also like you to uh, tell, tell all of us what attracted you to the whole area of marketing and branding to begin with. I mean, why is that what you're doing? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so a little bit about my background. I worked for 17 and a half, 18 years as a marketer in Israel. Uh, I fell into marketing there, I guess you could say, tech marketing. My undergraduate degree is in something totally different. And um, I have <coughs> been a founding mentor at Google Campus in Tel Aviv. Uh, that's an accelerator in Tel Aviv. I was a founding mentor at Microsoft Ventures Accelerator. I taught marketing for startups as an adjunct professor at Tel Aviv Alpha Academic College. Um, I now teach behavior. Understanding Your Customer at General Assembly in San Francisco. Um, I've spoken worldwide at conferences. I'll be at Latitude in Tallinn in just a couple weeks, and I'll be at Arctic in Helsinki after that. Um, I've been doing marketing a long time. And what attracted me to these areas uh, for branding and design, I actually came from the design background, so that would be what brought me into it. What attracted me about marketing was the building of a brand and the messaging 
and how much words matter and how you end up changing people's mindset by the actions that you take. I'm also very quant-driven, so I look at all of that and I can relate it back to the ROI and I like that. Yeah, you like that and I think anybody who is, is paying for this likes it too. Yeah. So, Shira, I was looking at your uh, your website, and you've got a present on your website, shiraabell.com, where you can, I, hopefully people can find out all the places that you're speaking at. It'll all be there, right? So people can see where you're going to be uh, next. It's not. It's totally not. Shiraable.com isn't actually, like, active yet. So I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't have told you that before. If you want to see, I would go to hunterandbard.com. Oh, hunterandbard.com. Okay, so forget what I said about shiraabell.com. Yeah. But, but. <laughs> It's, but it's then we'll edit this out. <laughs> oh, wait, it's live. <laughs> so I, I was looking at one of the presentations that you had up there, and this is from about three years ago, and you were you're talking there about the holy trinity of marketing, so PR, social, yeah. and advertising. But now we've got this inbound marketing concept. So what I want to know is, how does that fit into the holy trinity? Is there now four? No, it actually is still three. And what I talk about when I talk about the Holy Trinity is actually PR, relationship marketing. So relationship marketing is social and inbound. It's everything that builds a relationship. It's that you're giving out helpful information and other people choose to participate with you. So they choose to go to your blog. They choose to sign up for your newsletter. They choose to follow you, like you, friend you, whatever. And so they're choosing this interaction. So that would be relationship marketing. Earned media is PR and everything that goes along with it. And then advertising and SEM is the third. So that would be how the holy trinity of marketing now works together. And everything works holistically together because they have different trust levels. And then you also have, um, there's a heuristic uh, that is, I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically, it's about earworms. And if you heard of something or come across something or read a word or name of a brand and it hasn't gotten into your psyche yet. It's simply been something that you've seen and then you come consciously aware of it. You're more likely to like it because you've seen or heard the word or name before. So that's why advertising is actually important and that's also the reason why PR is important. So advertising has about a 14% 14 to 17% trust rate. Um, PR, earned media, has about a 40%, and then word of mouth has around a 70%, which makes sense. We're going to listen to our friends more than we're going to listen to, uh, you know, an ad. We're going to trust it more. And then when we hear, see something on, say, TechCrunch or whatever, and you know that they're not being paid for it specific, you're more likely to trust that, but maybe not as much as you would trust your friend. So, um, But the best is when your friend sends you an article, right? Then you get, you get the best of both worlds. Yes, basically. Yes, that would be the best of both worlds. And, um, and so, you know, but your friend's not going to send you an ad. <laughs> so, you know, you're going to look at what's out there and you're going to judge accordingly, but it gets into your subconscious. And if you think about how we buy, we don't just see something and go, yes, that's it, I'm going to buy that. It usually takes 10 to 100 to 1,000 times to get to a minimum base level of trust before we'll even consider buying that brand or not. And every interaction that's neutral or positive puts us in the direction of that trust level. And is, what about, uh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's fascinating. What about companies that have lost trust? Uh, is there, is there is, can you also make up lost trust through the same method? 
Absolutely. So, you know, like Florida was caught like tampering with ignition systems, and so that's a way for them to climb oh. back, right? Okay, so that's that's a whole other story. I was actually thinking of something where, like, uh, of a company that got hacked. Okay, for the ones that lied and lost trust that way, yeah, it's going to take a lot of money and a lot of time. Right. It's it's there's there's nothing good about it. Basically, you you've destroyed the trust. You you've proven that even if you say that you're doing everything right now, and even if you are doing everything right, nobody's going to believe you because you lied you got caught doing something really, truly horrible. Um, so that takes a lot of time to bring back the trust level. On the other hand, um, say you got hacked, all right, and it was something stupid, phishing. They got you through phishing, all right, and they got into your system, and, and it screwed up a whole bunch of databases, or maybe it just looked like it did, but it didn't really. Well, a great example of this happened a couple of years ago to Outbrain, an Israeli company. And um, they got attacked, and it was a phishing attack. And they got in, and it looked like they had done a couple of things to the system, to the system but it was actually just, it was all facade. It wasn't actually deep inside. So um, Outbrain handled it perfectly. They did a blog post um, within like an hour, I think, of the whole thing getting found, they did a blog post of, here's what happened, here's what we did, here's what we're putting into place in order to make sure it never happens again. Um, they went really into detail, they did mea culpa immediately, and I would say trust levels after that went up instead of down, because they owned it, they apologized for it, they didn't refute it, they didn't ignore it. And they were right there in the front. On the other hand, the people who live in Flint, do you think they're really ever going to trust our government again? Right. How many kids got hurt? Not coming back from that. I, I think we ought to do a whole episode on uh, crisis management and all of those issues because it's, it's fascinating. But I wanted to cover a couple of areas with you. One of them is Hunter and Bard, and then we'll talk about Ciara after that. But when I was in your office last week, two weeks ago, you showed me some of the work that you have done for clients, and I was pretty impressed. I wanted to ask you a similar you. question I asked Aaron. How do you do such great work without charging ridiculous amounts of money? Well, it all depends on what you consider ridiculous amounts of money. That's a relative term. Um, but I would say we keep a fairly flat infrastructure inside of the company, uh, and we work. We are more boutique. We're not huge, so we don't have a lot of overhead. And, um, and we, we choose our clients very carefully and we don't, you know, and we can't take everyone all the time. Sometimes we have to say no because we're full up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same here. I had to do that just this past week. So. What percentage of companies do you, do you take that uh, reach out to you on average? Uh, nowadays I'm going to have to say around 50%, maybe less. That's a good position to be in that uh, you have that many leads. So congrats on that. And thank you. Also, and also, you're welcome. And also, congrats on Ciara, which is is doing fixing a problem that all of us hate, and that is when you call your insurance company or your bank and you get put on hold, and then you have to go through a complicated phone tree. And Ciara is fixing that. Can you tell listeners a little bit about about uh, about Ciara? So Ciara is um, it's helping companies create an amazing customer experience at scale. So customer experience is more than just a call center. It's also your chat, your email, um, could be social, 
And it's all of this. It's every interaction that you have with the company. Uh, and, uh, and you need to make sure, say, you're calling into a call center, but you've also just gone, you just finished, say, a chat, then you call into the call center. Your information should go with you. Um, you should be able to make sure that you have to switch. You know, if you're, if you're talking in and saying, oh, I, I need this, that, you know, you're going to go and get switched along a few lines, that the call doesn't drop, that you get switched to the right department, that you don't have to ask for multiple things. Well, they're actually the, um, Sierra does automated testing from the outside in in order to make sure that the experience is exactly what it should be. And they can do it at scale. And we work with amazing companies. Um, so this is what we've been doing, and we're growing, and the company is doing very well. Amazing place to work. Yeah, it's it, people are like when I tell people about Sierra, people are excited because you. I think you're saving the world, and I mean that because you're solving not to be over over dramatic or anything, but I think you're solving a problem that really. And yeah, not just not just the call center, but the way the website chat works, all the different interactions. It can be very frustrating. So uh, that's that's great. One more thing I wanted to ask you about before we go to break: you have a podcast of your own. What is it called, and what's it about? Um, I have a podcast called SaaS Insider, S-A-A-S Insider, and of course, it's about software as a service. I talk to marketers and salespeople and CEOs about building SaaS companies and, uh, and whatever issues they're having at the time or what they found worked really well, what didn't work, and it's just a way for people inside of SaaS to talk about what's working for them so that it can help Somebody else out there who's also building a SaaS company, um, I know that each episode that I host, I end up learning something from it, um, and, uh, and I really I enjoy doing it. So SaaS Insider, you can find it on Stitcher, and you can find it on the iTunes Store, and uh, so there you go, or on podcast, Apple Podcast. All right, I'm going to ask you one more thing. So yeah, go check out that podcast. You're, you're talking about, about SaaS. At the beginning of the show, I was talking about buzzwords and how we define them. Can you, in 30 seconds, explain the difference between SaaS and cloud computing? Well, SaaS very specifically is, is well, God, it, it's a billing way, isn't it? So SaaS is either monthly or annually, and it's ongoing. Cloud, most SaaS products are cloud, okay, um, because they're not on site. On-site would be licensed, so that's a different billing method. Um, but you could have a cloud product where the billing is different, and then it wouldn't end up being SaaS. Does that make sense? It does make sense, and I think that's the first time I've ever heard anybody explain that in plain English. So thank you. As marketers, we kind of have to understand all these different technologies, so I hope that's helpful. Uh, I want to remind you all that the number to call if you want to ask a question to any of our guests is 866-472-5790. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back for our final segment here on Marketing at Lightspeed. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Have you found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdeliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads? Well, you're not alone. 
We've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel, and get Amplified. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at LightspeedPR.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. I want to do a little bit of an open discussion here with both of the two guests we've had, Aaron Goldman and Shira Bell. And I wanted to start by asking both of you about VR. It's see, I'm reading a lot about VR. It's the hottest thing. I'm talking, of course, about virtual reality. It's trendy. For either or both of you, do you think VR is, is a trend and a fad, or do you think VR is really the future of marketing like people are saying? I guess I'd put it somewhere in between those two. <laughs> um, I certainly yeah. think it has staying power. It's not just going to be, you know, some flash in the pan technology that was cool for a couple of years. I think it, it's a, it's really it, it's a platform um, that will continue to evolve, and people are going to build on and, and innovate. And we'll see pieces of VR start to be embedded in the other uh, pieces of technology that we use in our day to day. So I think that's um, here to stay. If it's going to be the end-all, be-all for marketers and the way that we're going to engage with our customers and make people aware of our brands and build relationships with them, uh, I, I don't see that anytime soon, um, largely for a, a couple of reasons. One, adoption, you know, it has, until there's enough people using it across enough, enough of a wide swath of the population that marketers are going to want to try and reach. Um, it's it's not going to overtake the main places where we reach and communicate with with our audiences and customers. Um, and two, it's just it's unclear yet what the model is uh, for how brands can and should operate uh, in in that environment. Uh, I remember when uh, Second Life first came around, which was like after some of the social networks got hot. Then there was you know Second Life, which was this. Um, 
online, you know, uh, uh, world, you know, uh, uh, where you could create your avatar and go around and interact with people. And all the brands rushed in to build their little setups in, in Second Life, and it just um, it, it, it was unproven and it didn't end up going anywhere. So I think we have to wait and see oh, and let, let this play out a little more. Um, I think that VR isn't all that interesting. It'll be years that it becomes interesting, if ever. I think AR is significantly more interesting, but again, that will take years, and I'm not sure that it will necessarily end up affecting marketers at all. Um, Think of Meta, all right, the company that Robert Scoville has been talking a lot about. Um, If you saw the TED Talk, he talked about how instead of using a monitor, you're going to end up using these glasses, these, these meta glasses, to see four screens. You could have as many monitors as you like. I mean, at home right now, I have a double setup of monitors, right? And I go between the two of them in order to get all my work done. I could have four monitors in front of me just by putting on glasses. And, um, and I can do everything, and I could also touch things with my hand and maneuver them um, if I'm wearing these AR glasses. So AR, in my opinion, is more interesting than VR. I think it, as a technology, it's more interesting. I think as a marketer, um, you know, they're not going to necessarily want me to market on top of their browser experience or their, their monitor experience. You know what I'm saying? That they're, that they're, what they're already doing. I think, that, um, I think that those things will remain unbranded and what they're going to end up selling is the, um, the glasses themselves and maybe a fast service to be able to, to use it as a, as a system. Um, but eventually... Yeah, that's a challenge. Anything, yeah, and eventually anything that gets sold that way, if you... Okay, so... I just interviewed um, I just interviewed Neil Patel on on Stats Insider, and he has this theory that everything is going to end up that that everything will end up being free in a marketplace. Um, that episode is not going to be up for a little while, so uh, listen for it when it is. But uh, but he has this really great theory, and if that ends up coming if that ends up coming true, then yes, there's a very definite possibility that marketing will end up being the way that these these different, service, these different services are paid for. Yeah, and I have to tell you, Shira, I share your enthusiasm for Meta. I actually was fortunate enough to get a demo of it. They showed their stuff at Augmented World Expo last year. And I went over to their, their campus. You know, they have an interesting setup. Everybody who works there lives at the building where they work at. They have this giant sort of dorm there. And I got a demo. Unfortunately, the technology isn't quite... Um, delivering on the promise of the demo, but no, no one is expecting it to. It's more of a long play. But I'm, uh, as a marketer, I'm excited about what that kind of technology could let us do in you know, two, three, years. four years. Ten, yeah, maybe 10 years. Maybe. Yeah, it could be longer. Maybe 10 years. So we're not going to need it tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, sure, I wanted to talk a little bit, uh, and, and Aaron, I wanted to talk a little bit more about HubSpot. I do have to say, for those of you who have not read Disrupted, the book by Dan Lyons, it is uh, one of the most entertaining books, and also there's some great drama and, and some thrills in there, too. I'm not going to promise you're going to learn a lot about marketing from it, because Dan's premise is that he, he wasn't a fan, so he wasn't really espousing the value of it, but I wanted to ask because a lot of people are probably wondering, well, what is HubSpot really all about? Uh, Shira, could you tell people what HubSpot actually does do 
and maybe compare it to something like Salesforce or another tool so people understand the options? All right. So first of all, I have to say, um, I have to say that Hunter and Bard is a certified HubSpot agency. So keep that in mind. I do have a bias. Um, but we are a certified HubSpot agency because I really like the product, and I don't really give a toss about the book. Um, HubSpot is a holistic tool. You, put C- you, you have your host, you have your blog under HubSpot. That, you have CTAs at the bottom of your blog. That takes you over to a landing page. Um, it's this really holistic tool, right? You've got your blog, your landing page. Your landing page leads you over where you've got your materials on there, gated. You can gate it as much as you want. Um, and then you can send out emails from HubSpot. And there's also the sales side. Okay, so then you could start tracking what sales you're doing and where you are in the process. And, um, and funnel, you know, right? you can even, what? The funnel, right? That's, that's uh, when you talk about the sales process, that's the funnel, right? That's the term? Oh, there's the funnel on one side of it, right? There's the digital funnel, but then there's the actual, okay, say if, you're, if you have a web product, that's one thing. But let's say you're selling to enterprise. Your funnel's a lot more complicated, and it takes a lot longer. So that's going to be phone calls. That's going to be actual interactions. You need to note all those interactions. Or we're an agency, you know? They're not buying our product online. So I'm sitting there and taking notes for all the meetings that I'm having and writing down really intricate, you know, details about the strategy that I plan on, all of this, on the phone calls that we take and, and all of this. So you get to see where, okay, we've talked about this. Where are we now? We talked about this. Where are we now? And moving it down the line through the funnel, yes, through the funnel, till there's the actual sale. So there's all the digital points of where do they go to the website, um, what are they doing, you know, what actions are they taking, are they now an MQL, are they an SQL. And then there's, all, um, then there's the actual offline work that you can also note inside of HubSpot. I find it a really powerful holistic tool. There's also everything that's SEO related. So you can do a huge list of SEO tools. You can put everything together inside of a campaign and see how well the campaign is doing. Um, gives you a lot of data. If you're a huge enterprise, maybe not powerful enough for you, but for a small medium business or a smaller, like a growing startup, spot on. Aaron, do you agree with all that or do you have uh, another perspective? Uh, no, I think, I think that's a good assessment. I think for, uh, for small and medium-sized businesses, HubSpot has uh, a lot of great tools. It's easy to use. Um, and like Cher said, it's, it's holistic, so it can, it can help address a number of the points along the spectrum um, from initial kind of branding awareness all the way through to um, closing a customer and, and helping build the relationship with them over time. Uh, I think, uh, yes, and then I, sh- I think for, for large enterprises, B2C companies that, you know, are, um, have, you know, customer databases in the, you know, hundreds of millions, uh, I think that's where some of the more scalable solutions like uh, a, um, Eloqua or Marketo or uh, ExactTarget. Um, Eloqua, of course, is now part of Oracle, and uh, ExactTarget is now part of Salesforce, so... There's additional capabilities within those stacks that, that come into play. Uh, so I, I think those types of solutions um, help it as, you know, once you get to a point where you're spending you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on marketing, uh, you have the need for kind of a, a full end-to-end marketing stack that I think can, can plug into uh, all the different places where you're um, interacting with your customers and trying to, to drive more of them. Uh, as it relates to the book, I uh, agree it was very entertaining. Uh, I think 
having, you know, being more of an insider in the industry, I could see through, you know, a lot of the, the, you know, commentary, you know, what was just pure sarcasm to to get a a, a chuckle um, versus what is a, you know, a a, a core fundamental problem with a company or the industry. I think the book skewed much more towards the comedy and entertainment than um, a real, uh, you know, a, 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 a sound critique of their business practice. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to read just like, you know, Silicon Valley is, is, the, is the fun show to watch, especially for people who, who work inside the industry because you can see a lot of yourself in it. Um, and so uh, from that perspective, uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, from a perspective of, you know, this, uh, the, the perils of, of HubSpot as a company, I, I didn't buy into that. I, 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 I think they're a good company. And, um, you know, it's, it's, what works for, it's what works for them. Every company has a different culture that, that works for them. And if it doesn't work for you, you shouldn't be there. So that's, you know, the, the bottom line, and that's why the author's not there anymore. Yeah, it's actually interesting if you think about what, what Dan Lyons, his claim to fame, in addition, of course, to having been a Newsweek reporter, is that he was the fake Steve Jobs. So, and, that, and as you said, Aaron, that he writes for, for, uh, for Silicon Valley. So clearly this is a guy who values, who values the creation of, of entertaining fiction as much as he does... Uh, uh, traditional journalism, but I, I do think uh, I do think it was it was an entertaining book, and I enjoyed it. And I actually I actually like HubSpot. Um, I, I did a briefing with them on the phone the other day just because I wanted to learn more, and I think it's a cool tool. Okay, so we are just about out of time. I want to thank uh, both of you, uh, Aaron Goldman, Shira Bell. Please check out VoiceAmerica.com. You can go to my homepage, and you can see uh, how to learn more about both of those guests. Again, I am Ethan Raziel. You can also learn more about me at www.lightspeedpr.com. If you came late to the podcast, if you came late to the live show, you can download it on iTunes. You can go to the homepage and you can download it as an MP3. It will be be there for you. This is is week three, so this is going to be a 13-week series. We're going to be covering all kinds of things, including social media. We'll be doing a, a damage control show. We'll be doing a whole show on events. We'll be doing more on public relations. We're going to cover the whole gamut. Please reach out to me and let me know if you would like to be a guest on the show. Or if you'd like to ask any questions, write me at ethan at lightspeedpr.com. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening this week to Marketing at Lightspeed. Please join Ethan Raziel next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you improve your marketing one show at a time.